Welcome to St. James Lutheran Church and School right here in the heart of Chicago. I pray that you find hope and peace in the message of Christ and Him crucified for you in your life right now. Thank you for listening. And please, if you'd like to support the mission going on right here, uh, please go to our webpage, stjames-lutheran.org, to donate. Thank you. This mystery is that the Gentiles are fellow heirs, members of the same body, and partakers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Boy, I'm just looking through here at uh, astrology apps. Uh, You can get, I mean, there's lots of them. They're really popular now. You can kind of Read up on them here. Let me see here. Well, this one, uh, this one uses NASA data and human astrologers to provide personalized horoscopes, natal charts, compatibility features. Wow, it has 4.7 stars. Wow, all these reviews. Uh, what else do we have here? Horoscope Signs is the app version of the popular horoscope website, Zodiac Signs. It's designed cleanly and attractively. Detailed information about each sign's traits and how various signs relate to love, attraction, money, relationships, and more. Don't raise your hand if you are on any of these apps, by the way. Astrology really is uh, making a big comeback. It's been around forever, by the way. But in the last five years, I guess, it's spiked a little bit, become a popular deal. Kind of like in the 60s and 70s, it was sort of a a big deal. you know, I'm a, I'm a Scorpio, so I know these things. I think, no, I'm joking. I don't know. It really is, though. People, uh, in the last five years, uh, I was reading an article, because of the confusion, the chaos, the craziness, they believe is one reason why people are getting more into more, more into astrology, into signs, into the zodiac, trying to determine the future, what's going on. They look to the stars for anything to give them help in this crazy world. And it kind of makes sense, if you think about it. If you're, the world is crazy, if you don't know why things happen, why do bad things happen? Life seems random. You sort of feel like there's somebody above you that knows, that someone's pulling strings, that someone's manipulating everything, and it's not crazy at all, if you think about it. To look up, like who's in charge up there? And what do you see? You see stars. So it's one of the oldest religions is astrology. You look up, you see stars, and somehow they, they're either gods or they're physical objects, but somehow they are in charge of my destiny, and if I can just figure it out, I can break the mystery of life and the mystery of who is this God? I really believe everyone actually believes in some sort of higher power pulling the strings. It's, it's also all religions come out of that. Why do things happen? And so they invent ways of sort of figuring out what God thinks. What levers can you pull down here to get God to do this or to do that? Rituals, if I do this, if I step like this, if I pray this many times. Habits, if I behave like this, if I don't do that, if I sacrifice this. That's the history of all world religions. Something's up there. I don't understand how this world works. 
and I, I need to get a connection there, and it's just mysterious. Do you feel like that? What is going on? You either do that or you develop grand conspiracy theories and throw them all over Twitter. So it's one of the two. And we're seeing that too, aren't we? Confusion and chaos. There must be somebody in charge. I really think that conspiracy theory is a religion of creating some reason for things happening that's far bigger and grander. And people live. I, I think it's a religion. I think people actually live in that world, figuring it out, reading signs. You got tea leaves. I don't know what it is, but do you see God as mysterious? Is the world confusing to you? Can you relate to being an astrologist? We meet some astrologists in Matthew chapter 2, searching for that mysterious God. These magi, Matthew tells us, uh, probably what they are, are are indeed like wise people in that they know a lot about a lot of things, Renaissance men, probably do a lot of experiments of how nature works, know a bunch of different religions, and were interested in astrology, in the signs, in the, in the uh, different uh, relationships of the stars and the world spinning and all those sort of things, and when's something going to happen. They probably had it all written down, very smart. And Matthew says they saw the sign in the sky of the king of Israel. It's kind of interesting. God, on Christmas, called Israel to Jesus through the angels, probably singing in Aramaic. But now another Christmas. Not, I was going to say, a a Festivus for the rest of us, but kind of like that. Another Christmas is what Epiphany is is what the Magi event is of God not just limiting the joy and the peace and the hope of his son to the nation of Israel, but now through the language of these people, he reaches out to them to bring them to Jesus too. And what's their language? It's astrology. They're looking up into the heavens. They're staring up and trying to figure out this mysterious God. And God answers and sends them this sign. Isn't that interesting? That's what epiphany is. God searching for the lost and bringing them to Christ wherever they are. So sure enough, this sign comes out. These guys see the sign, and they start going to Jerusalem. And uh, what's funny is they get to Jerusalem assuming that that's where they're going to find this king. Because it's the great city. It's the capital of Israel. It's the city of all the great kings. That's where the king lives, for goodness sakes. So that's why they're there. And who do they find? They found a king. They found Herod. Typical king. Self-centered. Loves glory. Paranoid of anybody else getting any power at all. He's a human king. Like all your kings, corrupt, only cares about his own power. And maybe you can relate, because maybe you're a lot like Herod. 
as far as thinking you're king of your own little world, which is funny because we simultaneously think dumb things like that and we don't know why things happen. (laughs) And we kind of want both. And so they come and they ask about this king and it kind of makes Herod a little upset because he's king. So who's this guy, right? And so he tells him a nice story and says, oh, please go find him. I want to look at him. And all of Israel is troubled because they don't want to see another fight for king, kingship here. And so the, uh, the uh, Magi leave because they were wrong. They stopped watching the star and they started thinking for themselves, one might say, and they assumed the king was in Jerusalem. And now they come out And they look up, and God is still calling them through the sign, through the star. And so they're following it, and it rests over Bethlehem, this nobody city. It's a, a, what do you call it, fly? It's a flyover country. You drive through this place. It's a rest stop. And yet that's where the star is. No one would imagine that that's where the star would be, that the king would be there, that God would be there. But sure enough, and so they go there following this star, God speaking in their language. He draws them as they're looking up. They enter into the town and they look down. And they go from a mysterious almighty God in the heavens, unknown and unknowable, to looking right at God in the flesh, a poor boy, weak, vulnerable, approachable, common parents in the middle of nowhere. And there he is in the flesh. The mystery is over. It's unveiled in Christ. And they were invited to it. And they who were once strangers in Babylon, far off, living in a world where they don't know what God is doing, what God is thinking, God has brought them in into his life. And they bow down and they worship him. And the Lord makes new friends. And he becomes knowable to them. That is epiphany Epiphany is the end of mystery. It is revelation. It is the unveiling of something we did not know. And what more is it than God in our flesh, right in front of us, no longer far above. We don't need to try to figure out what he's thinking. We can talk to him. We're looking right at him. And what more do we learn about this Jesus? What more epiphanies do we have? This God who was once mysterious, not only is he born a baby, a human being, he's your brother, but also we see him doing what? Hanging out with people tired of living in the mystery. People broken or hurt or tired of people dying, scared of the future. Sinners, there is Christ. What do we learn about this Jesus? What do we learn about this mysterious God? He loves weak, lowly, guilty, shameful people. And he hangs out with them. Even further, where do we find God? On a cross. 
weak and beaten for you and for me. This mysterious God is no longer mysterious. He is not. But he's unveiled himself. In fact, quite frankly, made himself so vulnerable, not just a babe in a manger, but on the cross. Talk about showing your heart. Dying for our sins and rising again. We no longer need to read tea leaves. We no no longer need to try to figure out what does the future bring. We no longer try to figure out who am I in this grand scheme of things. It has been made abundantly clear in the flesh, in our face, that you are not only made by God but redeemed by His Son. You are not only forgiven by His blood, but you will rise again just as Christ did too. We live in times that are making us look to the stars for signs, aren't we? I mean, we've got our own normal problems of relationships, getting along with people, (laughs) death and illness. Why do these things happen when they happen? But now we're living in a crazy time of the future of the country and the chaos of our politics, it is unstable, to say the least, more than ever in the history of America. And it's tempting to look for signs or get bought in and caught in in grand conspiracies. Whatever it is your gods are that you are looking for answers. But brothers and sisters in Christ, God is not a mystery, nor is your destiny. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ is coming again. His kingdom began when he was born, and it will be here after America's long gone. In Christ we know we will be okay. We are forgiven and we will rise again. So when you are afraid about your health, about what tomorrow brings, about this coming year, 2024, maybe personally, maybe globally. That's okay. This is what Herods do. They come and they go. You are in Christ. You know who you are and where you are going. You will be just fine. When you are ashamed and broken and scared about your sins and you wonder, what does God think of me? Who am I to show my face around him or, quite frankly, the church? You know exactly what he thinks of you. He is the babe in the manger. He is the God on the cross. He is the God in body and blood that says you are forgiven and welcome in my presence. It's not a mystery. He knows who you are and what you've done, and he has clearly said you're forgiven. The whole point of the church, church service, is not to preserve mystery or to make you feel really reverent and crap like that. 
The whole point is to unveil the mystery, to see a naked man on a cross and walking out of a grave. And to hear a real God say, you are forgiven, you will rise again to real messy people. In this year, when you wonder what the heck is happening in your life or the world, listen to the risen Christ who forgives and raises up who reigns until that day when we won't have to look up at the stars. We will see him face to face and we'll see our loved ones face to face and we'll never have doubts again. In Jesus' name, amen.